Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coaster Coaster Kings Kings Radio. Radio. Today's episode is Armchair Imagineering, (laughs) Universal Studios, Florida, which is a new series we're starting, where we just kind of dive into a park and discuss what we hate about it, (laughs) what we love about it, and what we would change, what the park needs, you know, as if we were in charge of the park, fix her up a little bit. There's one park that needs fixing in Orlando. It's University of Florida. That's me. <laughs> so, armchair imagineering is a phrase that I think has been passed around the internet for a while now, and it's it kind of describes somebody who can very matter-of-factly kick back behind a computer and quote-unquote solve all the park's problems and make it look easy. But we know it's not that easy. We know that there's probably plenty of factors in play that have an effect on all these aspects of a park and why things are done or are not done. And we don't know what we don't know, so we'll always operate under the assumption we give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to drawing our conclusions and operate under the assumption that anything that we say could be done would actually feasible or possible. feasible. Yeah. <laughs> when I first heard the term thrown around in this Dutch podcast, Details, which is a Dutch Disney podcast, pretty big. And I was like, okay, interesting concept, interesting concept. And Alex and I have spent pretty much our entire days together just chatting about parks and what needs to be fixed, what we like about it, or what we would do, or, you know, roller coaster talk in general. And we also obviously frequent Universal Land Resort a lot as pass holders. And but when we go to Universal we honestly almost always just go to Islands of Adventure, and we don't really set foot that much anymore at University of Florida, which is why this is the park that we decided to start the series with. Yeah, especially, I mean, Islands of Adventure, in my mind, has always been kind of perfect. Um, and now, I mean, when they lost Dragon Challenge, that was that was a, a critical blow. But with uh, Velocicoaster and Hagrid online, the park is is so strong, it's not like... There's, there's definitely room for improvement. There's opportunities for redevelopment. But it's, like, one of the best parks in the world, and it's so well-rounded and just, like, very cup-runneth-over with um, quality, diversion. You know, there's just so much going on there that's so good. And you go to Universal Studios Florida, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, this, we need, this place needs help. Like, there's just so much that that park needs. Yeah, this is one of those unique cases where a resort has two parks, or if you, know, if you ask Universal, it has three, but we're not kind of Volcano Bay. Um, and where the second gate really is the stronger gate, Isles Adventures has the stronger additions. And I almost feel like for marketing purposes, Universal Florida sells, sells itself. It has the name, it has the special events, but then there's the second gate where the new additions are more important to sell the gate, I feel, because if I didn't know anything and an internet didn't exist... And I would walk up, and I would have the option to go to University of Florida or to Islands of Adventure. University of Florida sounds more like the legit, the big deal. And I think that's why it just kind of rides on that and doesn't need to have the quality. As where a second game like Islands of Adventure has the quality. And I think it's because they've been adding to that, perhaps to keep or increase attendance in a way. I think early Islands of Adventure does have the higher attendance, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, did it really? I think we saw that number in like recent two reports. Don't quote me on it if anyone listening. You can Google it. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, I think it just barely surpassed uh, studios. Um, but yeah, and then Universal Studios Florida kind of lacks immersive lands. In fact, besides um, Diagon Alley, I just don't think there's any real immerse- immersion when it comes to the themed lands there. Yeah. That's where, of course, Diagon Alley is so, so immersive. At the time, like when Universal Studios Florida opened, with its various areas, like, it was pretty solid. Like, you had Production Courtyard, which was, like, the working film studio, and then you had pretty charming recreations of parts of Hollywood, New York, and San Francisco, and then you had the Amity area for Jaws, and then you had the World Expo area for... It was kind of, like, their sort of epcot type thing, and that was for Back to the Future, and that was pretty much it. Like... It was straightforward, and the recreations of the exist of of the lands that were recreating existing places like New York and whatnot, like those were cute. They were they were exactly as good as they needed to be. They were really kind of competing with Disney's Hollywood Studios and and their recreations of New York and Hollywood. So 
it, it definitely fit the bill at the time. And then Islands of Adventure opened and, and, you know, other parks did too, but really Islands of Adventure being so good at what it did with immersion theming and being right there on the other side of the resort, it like really highlighted the ways in which Universal Studios Florida's approach to themed areas was no longer um, like a top tier, top quality experience by comparison. Yeah, and I feel at, at you know this time that we're talking about in, in the summer of 2023, um, obviously there's a lot of focus on building Epic Universe, and that's where I'm sure a lot of resources are going. But I feel like there are several dead spots at University of Florida that could be used for e-ticket attractions, but there seems to be very little drive for development. I feel that it's overlay after overlay. Um, when it comes to the lands themselves, perhaps a big show like the Bornstone Spectacular, which we'll get into in a little bit. But really, like a drive to make that park the bigger, better park than what it is now, which is the feeling I always get at Islands of Adventure. I just don't feel that at Universal Studios Florida. And I feel like most attractions are kind of like supporting acts. If you were to place them in Iowa, they wouldn't feel nearly as spectacular. But, you know, they're the big boys at University of Florida, but at the end of the day, I just don't have a drive to drive to ride them more than a few times in my life. Yeah. I guess it's not that great. That's where I'm IOA. We can go there once a week and session all the rides and be like, this is great. Mm-hmm. And the more, the longer I live here and the more we go to Universal Studios or Universal Lander Resort, the more obvious it becomes to me that I've, this is a park that can do more, doesn't necessarily need to for the numbers that Universal is looking for. But from a, um, a fan perspective, I feel like the two parks is not created equal. No. Yeah, I feel like what Universal Studios Florida does is exactly what they can get away with because they know that what really brings people into that gate, aside from, as you mentioned, aside from the name, is because of the events, particularly Mardi Gras and especially Halloween Horror Nights. Um, what do you say? A million? Halloween Horror Nights has an annual attendance close to a million. Um and they make up a significant part of annual revenue and attendance uh, for for that gate or for the resort. For that gate, well, for the whole, for obviously the, for the company, but that right, gate, yeah, uh, a significant part of the attendance for Universal Studios Florida comes from Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. The latest officially released numbers were six hundred thousand twenty fifteen, but we know that the event has grown immensely since then with added nights, you know, a longer period, added capacity, more yeah. houses. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if it's already surpassed a million, but I'm sure it's close to a million mm-hmm. in annual attendance. Which, if you think of the park, has about ten to eleven million visitors a year yeah. off the top of my head. That's a huge, it's a chunk good of what chunk. They're doing. And they have got Mardi Gras, which um, includes a concert series, a pretty big acts. I know Marshmallows played there in recent years. Yeah, um, just big names. There's the giant parade everyone goes for. Uh, there's a food festival included, and even though the event has launched in 1996, which I didn't quite realize, I didn't realize that the event it's that, was that old. old <laughs> now it's really one of their top two big events that people do travel for, and Mardi Gras there is is a big deal. So between those people two events, Mardi Gras, there's so much of an attendance pushed into that gate alone, where Universal's Islands of Adventure doesn't have anything to do with either of those. They're not; it's not even open when the Halloween Horror Nights is going on. Like yeah. that park is closed, so you can sit in there. So um, that's, of course, I think some of the reasons that University of Florida doesn't need that much change because they've got events that pull in numbers. Yeah, especially since Mardi Gras and Halloween Horror Nights happen exactly opposite times. One is like bringing in spring and the other one brings in fall. Universals, which are historically dead, like, yeah. quieter area. Yeah, it's times a great opportunities. Yeah, because Christmas and summer kind of fund themselves. I will say though that Universal uh, Islands of Adventures. Grinchmas event has kind of grown into a cute thing. Like, Islands of Adventure is always the one doing the Christmas decorations. But I think that's probably because Universal, as a resort, is just having a lot of decorations because Diagon yeah. Alley and Western World are in great shape. And uh, I yeah, feel like there, there's Potter a lot of thematic. Christmas. And then all of the New York sets are. Well, really, you know, it's smart because it's, it's Universal leaning into the cult classic status of the live action Jim Carrey Grinch movie. And, like, really running with it because it's become, like, a cultural phenomenon. Um, And when you have a Dr. Seuss area and you have the Grinch, like, of course you're going to make that the Christmas area and the Christmas park, so to speak. But what they do for Grinchmas is pales in comparison to the other two festivals. In fact, I would say it kind of suffers a little bit from, like, Horror Nights is so massive and takes up so much space 
that there's infrastructure, there's there's buildings and, and space that just sits vacant all year long, except for Horror Nights. And then you have a park that when, when Horror Nights is not happening, you have a park full of little gaps and stuff that it's like, oh, well, we need that for Horror Nights when, when it happens. It's like, well, Horror Nights only happens... What two months out of the year? Yeah, but it's so incredibly profitable. Yeah, um, but well, I will I say though, it, but in a way, it has a bit of an Epcot um, status. Oh, but like, yeah. it kind of feels like it's dead, or there's not much going on at Epcot. Like between food festivals, you kind of like, well, oh yeah, I really wish there was more to do. Um, and that's kind of what it is with, with University of Florida as well. Like when it's Christmas or Mardi Gras or especially Halloween Horror Nights, it's like, wow, you know, this this is the park to be yeah. at for the season. Uh, but in between that, we just quite big gaps especially when you think about the summer season summertime I guess cannot be bothered to even set foot in that park (laughs) it's like what is going on here and that's what we're going to discuss so we're going to discuss (laughs) with some of the newer stuff um, which is um, the announced DreamWorks land and then the just opened Minion land we'll start with uh, talking a little bit about DreamWorks land so DreamWorks land was rumored and then officially announced I mean it was obvious because the construction walls had various DreamWorks properties on them and then it was officially announced, and all we really know for certain is that we're getting Shrek Swamp replacing the five-hole playland um, of kids. Do you need to make a really zone. quick note that by the time of this recording, it is early August, we are pre-recording some of our episodes for this season. So right. if there's more information out now, yeah, we there apologize. might be more. Yeah. But this is as of early <laughs> August 2023. <laughs> as, of, as it stands, there's only so much that we know. Like, the, the tree for the Shrek Swamp is just now starting to rise. And then we know that there's going to be a Kung Fu Panda reskin of some of the Curious George goes to town infrastructure. Some percentage of that is is being repurposed and reused for Kung Fu Panda. And then, of course, the Woody Woodpecker Nuthouse Coaster um, is going to become Trolls. Those are like pretty much, and then they're going to do something in the theater, which they were test. They had that DreamWorks. Destination, that's what it was called. The the show where Barney's Barney was and now they're I think they're gonna like permanently ref retrofit that theater and make it a DreamWorks character show kind of similar, like a like more permanent version of what they were already doing uh before they closed the area. So it's kind of it's pretty straightforward. It's not a very it's not going to be a very dramatic or particularly substantial uh re purposing of kids zone it's certainly going to have characters that are more popular but um the roster of attractions is really not going to change much which is a little bit unfortunate to me i really would have wished for dreamworks but not terribly surprising is it it's not surprising but this is kind of what the episode's about i would have wished for dreamworks land to have been a more fleshed out themed land perhaps even um with pokemon which we know that the Pokemon licensing works a little bit differently than most of the Nintendo licensing. But given that Nintendo is coming to the Universal Parks, and obviously there's a, two areas under construction at Epic Universe, it would have been great to kind of apply the Wizarding World formula and be like, all right, we've got several installations of Super Nintendo World throughout the different parks. And a Pokemon land would have been a really great family-friendly attraction. Could have been very interactive. They are saying DreamWorks would be a highly interactive area. Could have been really cool with Pokeballs or anything Pokemon related. Could have added a big dark ride or even a Poke Arena, Pokemon mm-hmm. Arena, uh, for a show or something in that land. And, and in my opinion, reroute the entrance to E.T. into the Hollywood Boulevard area. So that way you could have used everything up to all the way the SpongeBob store, like all the way up front there where Animal Actors is. That could have all been incorporated into one big land. And then have Springfield be the next land. Now it's kind of loose. You've got Springfield, and you have the World Expo remains, and you have <laughs> the SpongeBob awkwardness. Expo and eats. then you have ET, and then you've got the DreamWorks land. At the end of the day, it's going to perhaps feel even more disjointed than I already felt. Yeah, it's 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 starting to look like the, a lot of the issue with Kids Zone is going to be the same issues that it always was. Except now we're just going to have more relevant properties. I think Pokemon... It, I think the, the dream for Pokemon at Universal was still alive. Especially in Japan. Because their Spider-Man ride is rumored to be turned into a Pokemon ride. Which is going to be, if true, is incredible. I'm hoping that the reason why Kid Zone was passed over for Pokemon was just because... 
they're ready to develop that area sooner than Pokemon at Universal Parks can allow for right now. And as we're, you know, hoping to convey with this episode, there's so much opportunity for redevelopment in this park that, it, you know, if, if, if not Kids Zone, then some other area of the park hopefully will be on the receiving end of a, ho- of a Pokemon component for the Super Nintendo multiverse world between the three uh, Universal Florida parks. So another land we need to discuss is going to be Minion Land. It just opened. <laughs> um, well, can you call it the land? Is my real question because they have <laughs> the logo for it. This land doesn't even know what it is. It's not even a land. It doesn't it's know like if it's one side of the street or Illumination Avenue. I, I really, I, I really can't with it. So um, Minion Land is practically just a loose overlay from the production central area of the park where Despicable Me, previously Shrek 4D, and now the Villain Con attraction. Hollywood River Rocket and Transformers are, and then also where the Monster Cafe was. But then Transformers entrance is on a clear opposite side, so that's now rolled into New York, even though previously it wasn't. And then now you've got Miniland, which is just taking over the building of Shrek, Despicable Me, and then where the Monster Cafe was. And that's kind of like Miniland on one side of the street. And then you've got Rip Red Rocket that's still part of Production Central. I mean, it's only yeah, getting worse it's, now you think about it. This is exactly it's what happened. getting worse. This is exactly what happened when they added Springfield. Because they took some of World Expo and made it Springfield. But, but animal actors and yeah, um, Men, in Black. Men in Black were still Expo so, on the other end. And they still have like the Expo Eats food kiosk on the animal actors side of Springfield. And then the only remaining attraction that's actually in World Expo... Uh, Men in Black on the other side. So by like when Universal decides to retheme an area in this park, like they never actually retheme the whole area. Every time, even with Diagon Alley, they left the the bathrooms from Amity because they needed bathrooms there. Like I get it, but now you have this weird like seaside shack bathroom just outside of the borders of the London facade for Diagon Alley. Yeah, that's kind but of it's also in front of the abandoned derelict Fear Factor stage, Oof, yeah. which is adjacent to Men in Black. So, like, truly, every time, even even though, like, Diagon Alley is great, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but the point is, is that Minionland is just the most recent offense in Universal Studio Florida's penchant for building new lands, so to speak, on top of existing areas and not actually incorporating everything that the old area was. Yeah, so what it kind of is, is like everything is kind of feels kind of loose and identity crisis central and it just doesn't actually work, to be honest, because now you have River Rocket, a massive center stage roller coaster themed to Hollywood in the production area with sound stages right across from a Minion restaurant squishing to several Minion themed little things that is not no longer part of anything but also part of everything and it, it, it just like honestly now we're talking about it it's even worse than I realized yeah. um, it's just all not working out that well basically for me so let's just go <laughs> ahead and do a Grand walk around the park. Yeah, we're at the entrance, so we might as well works, start here. What doesn't work, we should be fair and also yeah. tell them what does work. Yeah. Um, even if it's not oh, much. Yeah, there's some stuff that works. <laughs> and then what we would change and what we would, you know, insert that sort of stuff. So we'll start right where we are at Production, Production Central, Central and Minion Land. <laughs> no. And I know Alex was thinking, and I'm holding the talking stick. <laughs> Alex was thinking, with the Red Red Rockets in the Minions. Absolutely not, in my opinion. No, not Minions. Oh, whatever. Even to sing. Oh, sing? Oh, sing. No. It's going to be the Sing karaoke coaster. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please, no. Because yeah. now, once, once the only thing left in Production Central now is the, the stage, the, the theater set up there, and Rip Red Rocket. So I find that a reskin of Rip Red Rocket themed to Illumination, some Illumination franchise, is inevitable. And hopefully that'll sort of flesh out that area. It'll sort of feel complete as a result of that. In that case, I'd rather than just change the Hollywood Rip Red Rocket theme and just make it like the New York Central Park Crazy Coaster. I don't give a crap what the name could be. <laughs> Rolled in with Manhattan New York. Manhattan Express. Manhattan Express. <laughs> Pretty cute. I don't really care what you do with it, but in that case... Is included with New York because it mostly 
the tower is over at this point, the uh, New York building, it like is, yeah. Jimmy Fallon. And it has that like blow through the facade, which is in New York, in the New York section. Um, you have that giant stage with the concert series are being held, that kind of stuff. And it's Art Deco because of old Hollywood, but Art Deco is also New York. So I don't That's think it'll be very hard to reskin that and make it a little bit more of a New York thing versus mm-hmm. a West Coast thing. And lump that in with a little Central Park area across from Jimmy Fallon and have that, including Transformers, all be considered New York. you got to just make less areas at this point because now there's just too many areas. Well, I think, no, I think they should take Minions and Illumination and push it even further into, you're saying bring New York into Production Central. I'm saying... Yeah, whatever's left of Production Central that is in New York should be New York, which is not much. It's a freaking stage and a roller coaster. No, I disagree. I think not only should Rip Ride Rocket and the stage be part of Minion Land, but Jimmy Fallon should also be replaced by The Secret Life of Pets, which is another Illumination ride or film franchise. Okay, I do like that vibe. I'm not completely against it, but at the same time, that place takes, that takes place in New York. So right, it's that, a really nice transition. That would be a nice areas. transition. It okay, works. Okay, I'm not hating, but then I need the name Minion Land to be changed. Well, Minion Land applies just Minion. They say Minion Land at the very front, but they also it also says Illumination Avenue, which... Does it really? Yeah, it does. Oh. That's why it's so weird that... It has uh, two they, names. <laughs> it literally the sign. It literally has two names. Universal wide, and that's why the theater, uh, just to the right of the Minion Bakery, the Bake My Day thing, is a saying meet and greet right now. But there's also other Illumination film franchise characters that do meet and greets there too. That's true. So it's I think right now if they're you're calling it Minion Land because that's what sells. But going forward, the point of this area I think is to. For it to take up all of Production Central or Production Courtyard, whatever I've been calling it, and make it all uh, Illumination franchises in the same way that this DreamWorks Kids Zone is going to be multiple DreamWorks franchises, and try to make it all work in its own like little neighborhoods, you know? Okay. Like Minion Land will be a neighborhood inside on. Or, or, it doesn't make sense to have a neighborhood that's on a street. It would just have to be themed on both sides of the street. Right now, the issue is that Minuland takes up, like, half of a street yeah, on one side of the street. But my, what I'm saying is, is making Rip Ride Rocket in the theater or in the, in the, um, the theater area part of New York won't solve that problem. Because you'll still have New York on one side of the Midway yeah, and Minions on the other given side. Given that you have Despicable Me on the, on the side of Rip Ride Rocket, it would almost be like two L's lo- interlocking. Like a yin and a yang. And uh-huh. at that point, I wouldn't be as mad about it. Yeah. But now it's just right like, it's it doesn't quite work. Because then you have like, yeah, this production. Basically, the fact that it's called Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket and it's not in the Hollywood area and has never been in the Hollywood area right now is feeling especially stupid. It's always been stupid, but now it's really stupid. I think it's why they called it Production Courtyard because they really couldn't get away with calling Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket a thing in New York. Well, Production Courtyard's always been cr- Production Courtyard. New York never has always been the same size that it is. It's just that production. Yeah, courtyard, what I'm saying is, production courtyard has always kind of been like murky waters, period, because it just seemed to sound stages. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah the majority of the ride hovers over New York. The functioning. Yeah, true. Well, a lot of the ride. I mean, the ride is huge. I mean, you could you could argue technically what the ride hovers over is the sound stages or the former sound stages. So. Either way. It's complicated. That's involved in New York. But, yeah. Actually, let's go Hollywood. We'll do the loop in that direction. The Hollywood area is so cute. And I wish that the Bourne Stuntacular... I mean, it's a great show, but it's still a show. And it doesn't exactly have a lot of, like, replay value. It's not the kind of thing that you need to see all the time. Because between Bourne Stuntacular, which, again, is a really, really good show, definitely recommend, um, and the Universal Endless Horror Makeup Show, which also is a really good show... There isn't too much going on that street. It's a really big avenue, which in Universal Studios Japan is in the exact same spot, but it houses Hollywood Dream, which is, you know, the big roller coaster, the well, big Rip medium Rocket hyper coaster, which the River Rocket is the knockoff version of it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the cheaper, alternate version yeah. of it. Um, I feel like that street has much more potential, but it doesn't seem to lead anywhere important currently. Because it leads you to animal actors, which at the end of the day is also <laughs> not that important. Yeah. Um, and the two shows are cool, but they're, you know, they're not much of a time commitment. They're not big attractions. 
and then you have the the ice cream parlor that's occasionally open. You've got a tribute store now, tribute which store now. otherwise is also an abandoned space. It doesn't feel like there's a whole lot going on, and the majority of people, especially because in order for it to you to enter Hollywood Boulevard, is you have to take a sharp right turn once entering the park. So majority of the people don't even go in that direction because they go straight into the park. They go yeah. straight from the gates, straight ahead where all the stuff is at. So it's a big, beautiful land that's lacking practically everything that it needs to be a successful land yeah. because there's no big eating attractions. Mm-hmm. And Transformers is too far away from it. Most diners too far into the park. Um, I almost wish that E.T.'s entrance was rerouted into Hollow Boulevard, almost like a theater. Like, imagine, like, a cinema a entrance. A little movie theater. Yeah, like a little movie theater entrance, yeah. now showing classic E.T., whatever, yeah. and then you go in, and then you end up on the right. Like Runaway Railway. Like Runaway Railway, because currently the queue and entrance for E.T. are very old universal, which practically translates to a loose soundstage vibe, which is yeah. not great. Especially not immersive, if that's what we're talking about. Plus the entrance and the location of the entrance and the positioning of the entrance. It just doesn't... It's never made that much sense, and it really isn't going to make any sense now. Yeah, and if you... you uh, rerouting it shouldn't be impossible at all, because the queue and the exit are in favorable ways where it spills out, because the queue is still further away from Hollywood than the entrance uh, than the exit is. So the exit and entrance could easily be rerouted yeah. um, without having to do it much, could be change done. much. If they really wanted it done, it they could, could do it. Now there's a little Starbucks in Hollywood that is inside the old, that, that's inside the restaurant. Yeah. And if you were to use that building, you could alone, by that way alone, you could just reroute the queue behind the NPC preview center. Mm-hmm. So there's options. Yeah. And then maybe anything else that, would spaciously allow anything else to be built in that land would be really great. But even if it was just E.T.'s entrance being there, it would feel like there's much more going on in that land. As where right now, I just feel like it's almost like a deserted little street. It's almost kind of creepy sometimes. If they weren't incessant on making the Minion Blast ride where Shrek was and creating Minion Land out of that, they could have routed the entrance to that show building's attraction to Hollywood as well. The queue for Minion Blast is Especially just backstage that is yeah. in Hollywood. Behind the restaurant. And you just blow the doors open on the on the freaking maintenance entrance, and you're in the queue for Minion Blast. So for me, it just feels like they just can't decide what to do with Hollywood. This is a theme with this park. They don't know what to do with the existing themed area that they have. So And adding e-tickets. So they're just avoiding adding rides to these areas. Because San Francisco, it's like the same problem. Um, let's see, where are we in our park now? So next up will be DreamWorks, which oh, yeah, we already kind of discussed in yeah, a little we'll bit. But in that grand scheme of things, I still, unless we just mentioned, I think E.T. should be rerouted into yeah. Hollywood. And they should take everything all the way up from animal actors all the way back into DreamWorks. I don't care if it's DreamWorks themed. We just need a major attraction that isn't a show or isn't a repaint of a little roller coaster back there to make it a fleshed out substantial land. That's kind of what I'm going to say. Like I really feel like that is what's lacking. I don't. Know, you can take animal actors out. Hollywood already retired animal actors. It's yeah. not something I yeah. really need. It clashes. I mean, it's not a modern vibe. It's not something I'm like, wow, I want to see that. It just looks old and dated. Take it all out, and it's a new. And between that and the DreamWorks Theater. Enough room to put a major e-ticket dark ride. And if, if you just take the stadium, Universal can get really creative. Because if you look at Secret Lives of Pets um, in Universal Studios Hollywood, yes. you can build a beautiful e-ticket spectacular dark ride in a very tiny space. Do that where Animal Actors is, in my opinion. And, and lump that in with that whole land that no, no longer has E.T. in its way. Yeah. I just, I, I'm already dreading, like, DreamWorks Kids Zone is going to open... And it's still going to be cluttered by Animal Actors, E.T., and the kids' Woody Whitbacker's pizza thing, and the Spongebob store, and it's all, like, all of that stuff is going to be in the same thematic purgatory that Men in Black and the Amityville bathrooms and Rip Ride Rocket and all of these other attractions that are have had their areas like pulled out from under them without a proper replacement and now they're just sort of there and you have all these like i don't know what they're going to call that little rotunda there like where hollywood boulevard ends and you've got 
Like, World Expo. You've got a little bit of World Expo, a little bit of Kids Zone. Animal Actors. I mean, Spongebob. I don't yeah, know what Spongebob is doing like, it's Make all, it make sense. It's, it's going, in a way, it's going to look even worse than it ever did because now everybody's going to be looking at it. Everybody's attention will be directed to the DreamWorks area when it is reopened. And people are going to be asking themselves why there's all of this clutter that is not part of Springfield. It's not part of Hollywood. It's not part of DreamWorks. World Expo is technically on the other side of Springfield now. What is it? It's so Why cluttered. is it there? Where and is it going? When you think about it, it's like it's Identity Crisis Central because they can't commit to a You've got the movie plans. props from Back to the Future 3. Exactly. <laughs> You've got all this crap. They do not appear to be able to commit to immersive lands because they don't want to do that. But they're also no longer doing the studio thing because the soundstage era is gone. The focus on the Hollywood, New York, and San Francisco lands is honestly kind of dead. New York is still the strongest of the three. Definitely. Um, So it's like they can't commit to anything. And everything feels loose, as we discussed earlier. Everything kind of feels like a loose touch. But the more they do it, the worse it appears to get. And I will say that Springfield is pretty strong, but then it's lacking the quality. Because you've got Springfield here, which is a great reuse of the World Expo. You've got a major e-ticket attraction, or previously e-ticket, I don't love it that much anymore. But um, And then you have your restaurants, you're on the water, you've got a flat ride, you've got games. It honestly works quite well. Um, I will say that I think Springfield is one of the only lands that actually is developed. And is large enough to not feel like it's just another corner that has another lick of paint on it. Mm-hmm. But then it has the Simpsons ride, which is in a desperate need for a complete upgrade because it f- feels so dated that it brings down the <laughs> land for me because now I can associate the land with that bad ride over there that I tried to avoid. Yeah. Um, because again, everything there kind of feels like a supporting act. That ride cannot carry the park. Most rides there can carry the park, but definitely not Simpsons. And I feel like Simpsons, if it were in its good shape, say replace all the projectors, upgrade technology a little bit, then or even perhaps remaster the film and then update projectors on it, it would be a land that would really hold its own. I'd be like, okay, I'll ride it once in a while. You know, it'd be cute. Now I kind of avoid it because I feel like every time I ride it, I'm like really disappointed with how aged it feels. I think when I first pulled up, after seeing Springfield in person and then pulling up old pictures of World Expo, my first thought was like, oh, they didn't change it a whole lot. Like, it's still kind of the same. The um, International Food Fair is the, was the name of the giant food court that is now the Simpsons food court. But a lot of what they did with that area, the details and things that they added on the waterfront side, World Expo, at least the part of World Expo that was in front of Back to the Future and animal actors was definitely a blank canvas. And I think they just, they didn't really know what to do with it anyway. So that was an area that was primed for redevelopment and they got the redevelopment and it's, and it is for the most part, it is working and you're right. Getting the little flat ride in there was a, was a huge improvement. It doesn't seem like much. I really wish that they were getting a, a little flat ride in the DreamWorks kitty area too like a teacup thing or just something to give it a little more substance because they need more stuff like that at that park also. Well, yeah, and the Duff Brewery, um, great addition. Everyone likes a good spot to hang out, a nice bar inside a theme park that's mm-hmm. very modern. Donuts in the taco truck. When they added that in 2015, and I, I actually went to the opening, uh, the media event for the one in Hollywood. It was it was a nice addition. It transformed a major walkway that would have otherwise just been a walkway um, connecting different parts of the park into something that was more meaningful. And I think in a way that's also the case here in Florida, having a brewery on the water, it's pretty chill. During Christmas, I remember we went down there once and kind of sat there and watched all the London Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. So um, There's lots of places to sit. Yeah, lots of places to sit, lots of places to eat, it's lots really of dining, good area. capacity. Um, and again, very varied. Flat ride, dark ride, well, whatever you call the simulator. Yeah. Um, games, that's all actually pretty good. A lot of indoor space which is in the Floridian Park needed. So um, I'm actually going to say that besides the quality of Simpsons, which really needs to be improved, <laughs> right, yeah. that land itself is actually one of the better steps I've taken towards a more immersive area. Yeah. <clears throat> of course, not discussing Potter. Um, but then we're back into the World Expo, which is going to be like the yeah. Minute Black Fear And then you get corner. on the other side of... Simpsons and you enter the area that is now and it's so ironic because like World Expo used to end now where it starts because when 
World Expo was established, the area that Men in Black is located in now was the Wild Wild West stunt show, which they completely demolished to build Men in Black and to expand that area out. And Fear Factor came shortly thereafter, and Fear Factor obviously was also part of World Expo. There's not a huge overarching theme here, but the point was that World Expo contained these three attractions, and that Fear Factor was not part of Amityville, although it kind of sounds like it could have been. Um, (laughs) But now you have Men in Black, which is by itself in its little mid-century mod... Uh, 1964 Queens, New York World's Fair aesthetic, and that and it's just it's got its bathrooms and its gift shop and its arcade and the Coca Cola spot and the timeshare kiosk and all that good stuff and that's it. That is now the World Expo. It's so funny looking. We're looking at a park map online that actually has the areas positioned and like the the park maps on the app like won't even acknowledge. Some that some of these areas exist, but and I think because it's partially like an embarrassment with Production Central and World Expo still technically existing, but like barely. So I feel like they they are aware that this is an issue, but they are all, like for them for the Hollywood for the studios park in Florida, it's like well we have themed areas when we want to. It's almost as if Epic Universe is the big overcorrection of the problems that this park has. Because now Epic Universe is like only immersive lands, one way in, one way out. The Diagon Alley formula perfected around the entire gate. Because University of Florida, probably in its lifetime, cannot get its act together when it comes to the the themed lands, what belongs in each. I mean, previously it's a DreamWorks um, land being developed or now under redevelopment or whatever you want to call it Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone was also this crazy mess where animal actors at Barney Curious George Woodpecker Fievel E.T. Pizza Spongebob I mean this is just like at least DreamWorks in its own way sort of works as one because at least it's universe. the same, yeah. But having but so many studios as, and brands, not and as long as SpongeBob and ET and Animal Actors and Woody Woodpecker Pizza are still there, so yeah, it's wild. Now I will say that um, on the topic of Men in Black, Spectacular Dark Ride actually right. really good. Biggest downfall is location in the park. It's all the way back there, and I usually don't even feel like going back there. Um, I think if they were to add something else, really, really noticeable next to it in the Fear Factor area. That would be really, really useful. Yeah. Either they do that, and it's some original ride that fits well right next to um, Men Something in Black. That works in the World Expo. Exactly. Realm. Which is so loose that you could yeah. just have a cute facade and make it some sort of yeah. pavilion and it would work. Or, which had always been the rumor, and it, from many, many sources have mentioned that there have been um, Phase B expansions or Phase 2 expansions for Diagon Alley. And where Fear Factor is, which would kind of make sense, because once you're in Diagon Alley, there's that giant gate that goes to backstage that is on the Fear Factor side, which looks like it could be a grand marquee under yeah. the train tracks for another attraction. It's right in between the Hopping Pot and the Celestina Warbeck stage. Exactly. It's perfect. Which, that entrance would lead to the plot of Fear Factor, which Fear Factor is large enough to put a either a D-ticket or like a secondary ride for Diagon Alley in there. Which I would, I think, at the end of the day, still choose over having something next to Men in Black that's themed to World Expo. Because at the end of the day, the Harry Potter attractions are just more spectacular. More money goes into them. Their expectations are higher. There's contractual obligations to Warner Brothers and the Harry Potter franchise where you're just you're just going to get quality out of a Potter product. And that's what's been safe in the park so far. So why not do it again, if that makes sense? Or Plan C... <laughs> they leave Diagon Alley the way that it is because it's pretty solid the way that it is. I guess it could use another ride, but we could always use another ride. As far as things that work in this park, London slash Diagon Alley is the, the strongest by, by far, far the thing in this park that works the best, and it has such a strong lead over the next best working area, which is New York. It like. Everything else in this park is really... The way that things don't work in this park is highlighted by how stunning and perfect Diagon Alley is and the New York area. Or not New York, the, the London area in front of it. Um, but yeah, or Plan C. 
they completely eradicate, they leave Diagon Alley the way it is, at least on that side. They could always expand into San Francisco later if they wanted to. <laughs> yeah, a, a night, a, a night yeah. bus. Give us our night ride. bus ride where, minute, where uh, Fast and Furious is. <laughs> um, demolish back Men in Black and demolish the Fear Factor stage and give us Pokemon there. Yeah, I don't hate that idea, but I will say that... Um, and I would hate to see Men in Black go. Well, I never said to take Men in Black out. Or retheme it, you think? Well, no, I say you just keep Men in Black where it is, and instead of putting something next to it, advice with it, just use the building next to it, nicely covered up with trees, and make that this part of Diagon Alley, where the entrance to that attraction is in Diagon Alley. It's all contained within Diagon Alley, but the space of Fear Factor Life is used for a Potter attraction. Right. Um, and there will just be a big gap walking-wise between the, the entrance to Diagon and the Men in Black. But to be honest, yeah, right, that's they, Plan B, right? We talked about that. That's yeah, yeah. Well, that's the plan I came up with earlier. Yeah, yeah. And you just had that bridge. You can honestly demolish the whole walkway to pass this Fear Factor, in my opinion. Yes, because you have a bridge and already to do something to about Black. the Amityville bathrooms. And then you just move the entrance of Men in Black forward just a tiny bit. To where the bridge ends and the Coca-Cola but stand then it's starts. But so sad, because I'm like, Men in Black is still in its own, like, little neighborhood. Well, it wouldn't be a neighborhood if it was just a marquee on the end of the bridge. It was either Simpsons or Men in Black. That's it. Yeah. Not even a neighborhood. It would just, it would eradicate World Expo altogether. That would just be Men in Black, period. And then the walkway from Men in Black all the way over around to the Amity restrooms. Take that all away. Use it for expansion space for a building. Yeah. Um... And that way you can fit a major attraction in Diagon Alley. I just still feel like, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think World Expo either needs to gain another attraction or it needs to disappear. Right, but disappearing means that Men in Black can still exist except for the World Expo ideas. But so. then where is Men in Black? It's going to be there and it's, it's just not, an attraction. Men in Black does doesn't not have exist. to have a land. Yes, it does. We're saying that. This, it does not have to have a land. No, it, orphaned attractions in this park is a problem. Yeah, that's because they're orphaned in another land. If it's just like, if the end of the walkway is just men in black, that's it. There is no land that it fits in. It's literally across a little bridge. You have a bridge that goes to men in black. I mean, that's essentially what it is now. Right, except for you have the giant walkway of nothingness past right. Fear Factor. I say, take that walkway of nothingness, take the stadium that's empty, demolish all of that, and build a giant show. I mean, I agree with you. I just feel like men in black... I just, I feel like, well, it's less about Men in Black and more about the park and the fact that everything in this park should be an area. Every ride that exists should be in an area. And if there's not... That matches the ride? In some, in some capacity. Because you're saying Simpsons and Men in Black don't really work together. They're, they Which is obviously correct. don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling you that is correct. Yeah, so I, I, the problem is, is World Expo either needs Here's to be the thing, the problem is, is that the location away. is too good to keep... At World Expo, but Men in Black is too good to take it away. Fair. So we have to find a happy medium where Men in Black exists, but no land around Men it. Men in Black is not is, worth it. Oh, it's over twenty years old. The franchise is verging on irrelevancy, which is the problem with the location because nobody cares enough to go back there. And it's a likable ride, and it's really cool. Right, but once I also you're on it, it's good. Feel like they could just take those two attractions. I just, and I guess what I'm saying is I don't need the Diagon Alley expansion as badly as I need Pokemon. But Pokemon, so you're saying change it into a dark ride from Pokemon, build more Pokemon all around it, and that becomes a Pokemon corner. Yeah. Attracts enough take, people to yeah. walk all the way back to that side. Yeah, of the park. take that loop between London and Springfield and make it, it and make it Pokemon. That's my plan that's not C. A bad idea. Cerulean City. Okay, it's cute. It's a Pokemon place. Right now, I figured that. <laughs> No, it's cute. Um, I will say that I feel like um, it's ever since the Wizarding World, the Harry Potter part, parts of the park, the lands came out, it has always been one of those things where it's like, okay, there's these perfect, perfect expansion realms that everyone thinks about. Yeah. And obviously, Ministry of Magic is one of them. So excited we're getting in the Epic Universe. There's one left. And I think we both know we're talking about Azkaban. Yeah. It's the dark, scary... It's it's like it's one of those edges where like this got we gotta explore this. Yeah. If we're gonna know we're gonna get quality because Potter gives equals quality in the universal theme park realm. We're not, like that is a safe bet for me and we know that Hagrid was super popular, obviously. We know that these the previous Harry Potter rides are, are massively popular. You have 
you have a Ministry of Magic already under construction, which was the next thing that we really wanted. I think whether you take San Francisco and destruct it and use all that space to add an Azkaban, I think in the future of this theme park realm, I want to see an Azkaban somewhere. And if there is a, a park that needs a big, important attraction, it's this park. I think, well... I don't care where it goes. <laughs> they definitely... When you when you look closely at Diagon Alley, it's obvious that they left themselves room to take to take it all. They're like there's there's like there's a there is a version of Diagon Alley that exists only in concept that that includes World Expo and San Francisco. <laughs> You're right, because I want to add one quick note. It, 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 it annexed and, and for anyone that knows <laughs> the layout of this park. For anyone know, that knows the layout of Universal Studios uh, sorry, of Diagon Alley knows that you have two very clear portals that leads to something else, which there or could right be expansion. But it's so even though King's that... Cross is technically in the way, you could you you can get creative and find yeah. a way to route a queue around King's Cross to use a major e-ticket space on the on the um, San Francisco Fast Yeah, they would use side. escalators or something a la Super Nintendo World. Or just route it around underneath the train tracks where the train actually runs. Yeah, they, it would be. It's doable. Not always it doable. It's the... They, there's there's obviously yeah, a plan. Indiana Jones Anaheim can do there's it. Obviously, can do exactly. It. There's obviously a version of Diagon Alley that exists in the minds of Universal Creative where Fast and Furious is replaced with something from the Potterverse. And more than likely, that would just leave San Francisco to just be a facade, which is not I like I don't hate the idea. It's got a nice vibe. With the restaurants and the and the bar and stuff like on the water, the wharf, you could do worse. Good restaurant, yeah, yeah. uh, Was it Lombard? Yeah, you could do worse than that area just being a facade. Especially since I mean, with Fast and Furious being as bad as it is, you kind of people just you just sort of forget that it's there, and you and that's exactly basically in practice. San Francisco is a facade in my mind. San Francisco has just been decorative ever since ever since Earthquake closed. So to take that ride show space and give it to Potter and leave San Francisco as a facade is pretty much exactly where I'm already at headspace wise, except we would have a good ride there. Yeah. And the space is so large because Fast and Furious it's takes up huge. a lot of space. It, it takes the up largest ride, a previous dark ride show building plus a whole theater and turn it into this massively disappointing attraction, or literally. <laughs> literally massive. Literally massive and disappointing. Literally disappointing. And so much could be done, and no one ever, ever has to know there was a facade or that there was a show building in that space. So just expanding on the possibilities of Azkaban, especially given it's on the side of the Nocturne Alley part of yes. Diagon Alley, which is mm-hmm. the darker, but you know where the dark wizards go. Yeah. Honestly, it would all work out pretty great. I would love an Elk, sorry, an, an Azkaban themed major dark ride in that side of the park that would just lump all in with Diagon Alley. I think it'd be great. Yeah. Um, and then keep San Francisco facade, or even if you have to, split San Francisco into two buildings Azkaban and a anything else. Just San Francisco themed, I don't care. Or, you know, there's there's things they could do with it. Yeah. Perhaps a show. Um, even if it got to that point where if you want an attraction in San Francisco, you could do that. But that giant show building is one of the largest show buildings in the park, if not the largest. It's the biggest, it's yeah. It's not used for the right property. Not it's got It's got to go. Fast and Furious, yeah. it doesn't even belong in San Francisco. Like, the whole ride was designed to be themed to L.A. as part of the Universe Studios Hollywood tram tour. And then they just loosely photoshopped San Francisco into the background of the final scene. I mean, it's just the cheapest shit in the world. I'm sorry. It's just not good. <laughs> I will say, though, I wrote it the other day because I felt like torturing myself. Wow. And there's a single writer line. I was by myself. I was bored, you Fair. know? Um, and I and I wrote it. And you know what's funny is I will say that it's not as bad as I remember it being when we wrote it our one and only time years ago. Um, I've written it a couple times since. And the single rider line goes straight to the station. So the queue portion and the show part that was actually kind of cute, I remember liking to a degree, that was all skipped. But I got to say, like, I rode that ride. It had a half-hour queue. Every seat was full except for mine, you know, the the one spot that they had for me on the bus. And people love that stupid ride. 
Like, I've got it. Really? Because Google has the worst reviews of like 1.2 stars or something. People are super, yeah. And, you know, and no, you're right. Like, it's, but I was on a bus full of people who were so into it. And when the ride ended, there was clapping. Easy crop pleasing, I suppose. People but were applauding. Off. But that is University of Florida for you, though. That's that where is the, the park. Is. Yeah. That's where the standard is. Like yeah. the park doesn't need to need to do a whole lot to make the people happy and pull the numbers and get the money. There was literally like oohs and ahs and stuff. Like people were oh so into it. The whole there was like a hundred people that were just like well, into it. That so explains like, how we get Minuland. Yeah. So I guess in a, in some way, in some weird way, Fast and Furious actually sort of works because apparently it sells merchandise and it it is a capacity beast and it somehow still collects a line so for whatever reason people do write it and do enjoy it like i guess i'm saying it's not necessarily the dumpster fire that we frequently refer to it as because if it was that bad people wouldn't even be writing it and people do fair enough and if i'm not mistaken the ride was only part of the 10-year plan a 10-year licensing yeah so with a little luck there really is something grander in that space (laughs) Um, but how many times can we do loose 10 year plans inside one theme park is my real question. Again, I like the area of San Francisco, the ride within takes up too much space for what it does. And it just kind of sits there in the middle with, if you were to compare it with other attractions at the gate next door, it'd be like, nobody would ride this. Because even Kong is the fast superior version of that concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now let's move on to New York, the biggest area of the park. I think the second most successful area of the park. Yeah. Great theming, great facades, all kind of works. You got mm-hmm. your parade route, you got your area for your food festival with your Central Park, major roller coaster, major e-ticket dark ride because I will be lumping um, Transformers into New York at this point because technically it's production courtyard but that entrance is in New York. Like that entrance is nowhere near production central or whatever. And doesn't the ride take place in New York? Isn't that the city you're in? Or is that like a fictional? I think it's a fictional, um, a fictional big city because it just applies like Hollywood, Beijing. Like it's never really specified where you're at, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's fair. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they got me wrong. But um, I think it doesn't really matter where it's at. But I'm just gonna include it in New York now, especially now that Minuland is built on the other side of it, where there's a clear transition from the, always the, considered the theme to theme part of New York like right I didn't realize until I looked at the map right now that says right over here Transformers right through the production it's central it's in production central um, so yeah funny. that's before we start talking about New York I want to include that in yeah, the New York part definitely New York I think is the easiest one New York City everything interesting happens in New York City so there's always some franchise like even if it's not that interesting like Jimmy Fallon there's always some franchise that has hap- is happening in New York City, and you can theme it to that. Um, actually, when I said earlier that New York City is the same size that it's always been, I actually that was a lie because when the Twister ride it out experience was where Jimmy Fallon is, that was still part of Production Central, and New York started on the other side of it, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was vague, like maybe it was. But point being that the Twister experience was not New York themed. Like, it obviously, it had nothing to do with New York. But then Jimmy Fallon replaced it, and it's, like, a hood ornament for the New York area now. Um, and then Mummy was a great choice, because it's kind of, it's got that, you know, New York Museum, Metro- Metropolitan Museum of Art kind of thing going on. Like, that, that was one of the last, I feel like that was one of the last things that Universal Studios Florida did with that park in an existing area that worked Whereas from that point on, from there on, it was like, well, now when we add something to this park, it's going to be like demolishing major chunks of it and rebuilding a themed area around the attraction, like with with Harry Potter. Um, So I think New York, yeah, I mean, I, I think New York works, especially with Transformers. If Transformers is a part of it, there's they've got a great trio of attractions. I think that the New York area is kind of what the Hollywood area should have also been. It's like you've got your little your little Starbucks, you have your little Auntie Annie's, um, what's it called, pretzel shops. You've got Finnegan's. You have a little Blue Butter show on the street. You have your Marilyn Monroe prancing around. You have uh, you know. 
e-tickets in two corners. You've got your mummy in the middle of the land. You've got Transformers where, you know, at the edge of Hollywood. And then you have, even though it's not really an e-ticket, but you've got Jimmy Fallon, which is a nice supporting act on the other end of it. And between that little, in that little triangle of New York with great theming, I will admit that it looks pretty good. You've got your little shops and stuff like it all just kind of works. Like that is, and as in a way, very funny. It's a very true old universal, but it also really still works. That's where the rest has been like changed to, uh, you know, put in new franchises, things that perhaps are more popular, change little corners here or there. And it's never really worked out that well, but New York kind of stayed true to itself, even with the newer editions, and it works really well, which is something I really like about the park. And not, not much I would All change. the old, like, city stuff, the, the New York, San Francisco, Hollywood conversion for Universal is actually really good. Like, considering it's, it's a conversion of three city areas, there's still metro, there's still downtowns, so... The bleeding is not too bad. I owe me by the water. I find that, yeah, I find the, the area where those area where those rides meet, right, where Transformers is, Metal's Dine and Transformers, and, like, Beat, the, the Beat, Beat Builders, that's what the it is. Builders, yeah. And, then, like, the entrance to Fashion Fury. It's like, that's a cute area for somewhere that that flips through themed areas so rapidly between the three. Um, it's a cute setup, and it's, like, I think, I feel like that's the quintessential Universal Studios Florida spot is is right there where those areas meet and i it it's like it, it it encompasses everything about universal studios florida that was there when it opened that is still there and still works um so i just wish that there was more of the park that felt that way i will say that the london area is the only new thing that has been added to the park in recent years that has that that sophistication, mm-hmm. the metropolitan feel to it. Like San Francisco and London are obviously very different, but when you transition from one to the other, it doesn't feel like the same drawing transition that you get when you go to Springfield or to Minionland or to what's what, whatever is left of uh, World Expo. And I just wish that the park was, was, I wish they were doing more of that. I wish they were capable and able and interested in doing a little bit more of that. At the end of the day, I have to admit that an actual working movie studio is just a giant lot or several lots of just like a bunch of random shit that's <laughs> used for thematic purposes, yeah. for backdrops, whether it's big backlot backdrops or whether it's a bunch of props or smaller scenes that are just all, I mean, next to each other. In a way, that is very true at Universal Studios Florida. If I were to imitate a real backlot in a way, shape, or form, it really is just a bunch of stuff all mixed together. That's and if true. you look in one small direction where the camera would look, it would be somewhat thematically appropriate. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of a modern theme park, yeah. <laughs> which is where they've been trying to move yes. towards, it's not working for me. Um, because it's no longer studio themed enough for it to be like, yeah, studio themed, it works, but it's also not immersive enough for like, you know, it's kind of like that awkward phase that was in within that transition, which I think they are trying to transition towards where it's like immersive lands, themed corners, everything kind of works. Um, it's none of it. And then same time, it's all of it. And it's the biggest downfall, but for some people that may be the greatest thing. There is there is enough to do. Kids will probably love seeing all the little things that are going on. From a theme park nerd perspective, having been so many places, especially next door, it just could be better. Yeah. I just my hope for the park is I mean, realistic for being realistic here, I just wish they would tighten it all up a little bit. They've got all these little fragmented areas. They've got the every all the remaining vestiges of World Expo need to be gone. Because it right now it's just like scattershot around Springfield and around the DreamWorks, the new DreamWorks kid area, all these little relics of, of and like even Amity too. Like there's there's the Amity Fishing Company uh, tower on the San Francisco skyline on one side of London and then you have the Amity bathrooms on the other side. And I get that it's not Oh my god, it's true, it's so awkward, I forgot about that. It's not their priority to like fix these things. But when you go there a lot, you see this place a lot. It's so weird. All these little these little fragments, all these little chunks of old stuff that is just sitting in some kind of purgatory. And I just wish it. I wish just it was all tightened up somehow. I don't exactly know what the future is for the the Men in Black and Fear Factor area, but I don't think it's World Expo. Like I don't. 
I don't know if Universal really sees Men in Black staying another ten years from here. I just have a hunch. Well, you are you are right because at the end of the day, the park is not as limited on land as one may imagine, based on the lack of investments in big attractions. But it isn't like there's just fields around it either. And so when you're going to look at what space, because the park loves replacing things, as, yes. as we've talked <laughs> about. If we're going to talk about like what space is like, if you want to build a completely new immersive land, there's practically perhaps only one or two areas of the park to go work. You've got San Francisco because at the end of the day, you can rip out whatever's in the show building and retheme the land around it and yeah. make that a big project. Or you've got the X, the, the, the end of World Expo, Fear Factor abandoned stage, and you've got your men in black. And you have a whole walkway to work with that practically is not used for anything, really. Um, if you take that, that is the only other big space you have in the park. It's a perfect if you wanna campus. Demolish it, start fresh, or even just repurpose buildings and make that a new land. That is your only real shot at it. So, um, yeah, you're, I think you're right. I don't know how long Men in Black is going to stay, but if there is one place to do an Ardagon Alley quality immersive land, that's going to be it, I think. It would be easy, too, because you've got that little bridge that circumvents Men in Black and the Fear Factor stage. Which is circumvent the new land. You would just, you could, you could literally lop off the midways on either side. You leave the Amityville bathrooms, too, for now, until you build new bathrooms yeah. or something. And you could take that to the dirt. And there would be very little operational impact on the park because that midway that circumnavigates just those two plots is still there. Yeah, that you bridge will be do there. anything. It's not like the the weird rotunda where Hollywood meets Springfield meets World Expo meets Woody Woodpecker Kids Zone. That circle is a little more complicated to fix because it's right in the middle of a major artery. And whatever they end up doing to tie all of that together, I like. I don't know what they're. I I, w- I just wish I knew what they are thinking with the the leftover tidbits of Woody Woodpecker Zone, the Animal Actor Show, the Pizza Place, SpongeBob, and, and most importantly ET. And like, where where are these rides? Like, where are they located? Because now they have made it very clear. They put their DreamWorks flag in the sand that. Kid Zone is now a DreamWorks attraction. It's just awkward because when it was Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone, having I mean, who the hell is Woody Woodpecker, right? I mean, yeah. he's like a generic it's character, one guy, right? And none and of so, the franchises were related, exactly. And having animal actors Barney, Curtis George, Woodpecker, Fievel, Et, SpongeBob, SpongeBob all in one area, all Scott Love, whatever, just yeah. throw on area. But now to put the DreamWorks stamp on it. Why is E.T. there? He ain't DreamWorks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why is SpongeBob there? He, she ain't yeah, DreamWorks. Yeah, I was like, this is exactly... Why is Animal Actors there? They ain't DreamWorks. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Right, it's just like, like re- 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 Yeah, not only is it going to be worse because everybody's looking at it because it's new, <laughs> but it's also worse because you have boxed yourself in with a film studio saying this is what this themed area is about. At least change the SpongeBob store to a DreamWorks store. I just don't get the logic. I don't understand why we're going so cheap on these projects where we're practically doing nothing but painting stuff, putting in a overpriced hood item and calling it a new land. Everything in this gate is a re- like a repeated offense. We're very passionate. Now I'm starting to get offended <laughs> by this place, like the more we talk about it. Yeah. Because like there's some stuff that's done so well, like we just kind of finished with that because we talked about that in New York yeah. and that's so cute. Yeah. But looping back around to that part of the park, it just make it doesn't make a lot of sense. I just that's so, yeah. sense. That's kind of the answer to my, this park. My closing it's, we're at an hour now. We beat this horse to a pulp. But <laughs> my closing statement is that what this park needs to improve the over I mean, you could get any park could use a ride and a themed area. You know, we could talk all day about the Pokemon stuff, we could talk about the Legend of Zelda, we could talk about all sorts of things that would be great. But realistically, what this park needs to do to elevate and and mesh the whole vibe and really tighten it up is like, all right, we have Minion Land now. Okay, whatever is not in Minion Land or New York right now that needs, to, in be that, in needs to be in one of those areas. And World Expo, <laughs> the, the bathrooms for Amity, and the Fear Factor show, figure something out. And then the conversion of 
Hollywood, Springfield, Woody Woodpecker's Nuthouse, all of that fixed, do something. Those three areas, and I think the Rip Ride Rocket area is the easiest, and it's also going to be... That's a lateral problem, because at least the Art Deco matches the Art Deco of New York. If that doesn't get touched, that's that's whatever. That's the least offensive, the easiest to fix, and probably the most likely to get fixed, Yeah, because I think the Minion... The Illumination money going into that corner of the park, I don't think they're done yet. I think this is phase one. Um, I guess I would like to point out that I think Megan Blast is interesting. It's cool. It's not, like, the greatest, but it's not the worst. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's a cute concept. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to say. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> well, my point is that we have a new next-generation shooter, and... Now Men in Black is not, like, the shooting dark ride in the park anymore. Mm. I'm not saying that they're similar. Good point. They're similar on paper. I'm not saying that I like one better than the other. I like Men in Black better, but that's not the point. Now, from a marketing perspective and from a guest perspective, they have two similar attractions, except one is 20 years newer. So that that could complicate the future of Men in Black even more. Good point. Having said that, I want to close this out and say that we don't hate the spark. We, we just love, love the it. Spark. And we're so passionate we want more for it. And realistically, it's just not as strong as the gate next door. And it doesn't look like Epic Universe is going to be any weaker either. Yeah. So it's time for, if we want all three parks to be equal in 2025 when that resort opens, Universal Studios Florida better get more than just a lick of paint. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's, well the, that's the harsh reality. Yeah. And with that, we're going to close out this episode. Don't forget to follow yeah. us on Threads. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all of the above. And if you haven't hit that subscribe button on any of the platforms you're listening on, that would be a great time. Leave us a review, especially on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. We would sincerely appreciate it. It would help us grow. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. See you next time. Bye. Bye.